One, two, three, four. In this podcast, you will be here. Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader. Include, but is not late to talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the jump that follows this song, but hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. Fox they are divided. For equal sequel, hate and love, they fight I know that we are just musicians hired, and their time is up. So here's the Knights of Vader. Impressive. Most impressive. A big thank you to um, Anne's Inferiority Complex for providing our theme song. It is January 20th. 2022 i'm zinger and we're gonna be talking book of boba fett chapter four i'm also joined by we got a c-3po from bespin who is not c-3po and chris porteous here happy to discuss a delightful uh flamboyant fun episode of the book of boba fett Mm. and we got russ i can't believe i was that close to a ride have you ever seen chewbacca Yes, hello, it's Russ. Thanks for having me again for this. I missed one. I missed a Boba Fett last week. We got to see a great uh, mod bike gang that you guys had a good discussion about. But I'm happy to be back for this more, an even more at times zany episode of Book of Boba Fett. Boy, who would have expected when you said you'd get a show about Boba Fett that he'd be like wacky and chasing around little droids and stuff at certain points, but also being a crime boss. Very interesting. And we got Joe Yazo. How you doing tonight, Joe? I'm good. I'm good. And I am Joe Yazo. Like he is Boba Fett. He has Boba to tell Fett. us right. He he I am Boba Fett. Now, do you guys think real quick, do you think it's a coincidence that he loves saying I am Boba Fett, even though that's a holiday special line? Like, is that a holiday special reference every time he says I am Boba Fett? I think they wanted think, different takes of him saying it for the trailer. And I'm like, eh, he'll nail one of it. And it'll be real close. Just have him like, it's his thing. He always says that. He felt the need to say it very aggressively to the rat catcher droid, which I found sort of odd, but, uh, you know, so like, um, like, wow. I don't know. I don't know if Zinger has it up, but like where to begin with this episode. It's sort of a milestone in the series in a lot of ways, because we have a very clear on screen goodbye to a few of the fundamental uh, formulaic things that have been in the show so far. Maybe I'll take it a little bit out, out of order here, but people have been sort of hit or miss on whether they've enjoyed these uh, f- flash back does. And uh, yeah. and. And basically, they officially he officially stated he's pretty much done with the flashback as in this episode because the computer on his back to tank said, you're fully charged, Boba Fett. You don't need to come back in here anymore. You're 100 percent. And we're all caught up. And he got so tan, so fat. He's just like, I know I'm myself. And they're like, oh, you're all 100 percent healed now. These are done. That just that's showing us it's done. He's like, cool. And you look at him, you're like. Did you just saw him look terrible in the flashback and you just see Tamora Morrison, uh, Django fat walk on screen. It's like, whoa. All right. He is back. Yeah. And, and not only not only do we uh, does the, the back the tank itself or the droid literally tell us he's fully healed. But you also have the flashbacks catching up with the end of Mandalorian season two and literally showing us him killing Bib Fortuna again. So it's quite literally saying, all right, you've seen everything now. 
And and it is explicitly stated that he was with the Tuscans for years. He says something like when he sees the Sarlacc pit, he's like, that's where that's where it happened all, all those years ago or something. So we've seen the whole time uh, since he fell in and got out until what we saw of him in the Mandalorian season two. So basically, we have three more episodes that are not going to be super referential to Mandalorian season two or Return of the Jedi or anything like that, which I I think it's exciting. I'm glad that we we have got to this point and there's more than one episode left. Well, I yeah. think we're going to see references to Empire Strikes Back now because the way it, it kind of ended there. Just oh. that's the impression I got. I know everyone's saying, uh, I mean, I guess we're kind of jumping around all of this, but it, this one did have an actual cliffhanger where she mentions, you know, well, if you have credits, you can get muscle, muscle. And uh, he kind of gives some kind of knowing look. And, and yeah, everyone's saying, yeah, oh, Mando's coming and he's going to be there with his best guard and everything. But he knows other guys, too. I think they'll go pull, go a little deeper. I think we'll get a few like a little rogues gallery. I, I think we're going to get multiple ones. I definitely think we're going to get Mando because the the theme for the Mandalorian played twice in this episode. Once as a during the flashback to where we saw his point of view during that episode. And then once again at the end of the episode signaling Mando will make his return. And now all of us cheer. It's yeah. going to be weird. Do we get to see the new Cara Dune, hopefully, uh, in this? I'm sure. sure. I'm sure Bill Burr can probably show up if he wants. When they referenced Boba Fett's perspective on, I think, chapter five of Mandalorian season one, where he sees those flares off in the distance, there's a mm-hmm. couple a couple important uh, things here. Um, firstly, Tatooine is like four hectares wide, obviously, because like, he just happened to be within eye view of the those... Uh, flares which is interesting and then i think and people have already talked about this but there is a big sort of boba fett related continuity error with this whole fennec shand mandalorian uh chapter five thing where where, which is of course in in that episode of the mandalorian when you see this these feet walking up to to fennec shand you hear spurs Spurs. you well you hear the spurs but you hear also Boba Fett's uh, rangefinder computer making the same noise it does in A New Hope, which of course he wouldn't have had on him at this point. So it's and it's interesting you hear it in Mando, but not in this episode when he's walking up. So it's like it's it's just funny because it's like they wanted to tip you off further that it was Boba Fett in the Mando episode, and maybe they hadn't realized he was going to be totally armor free at that point. It's just an interesting little note because you hear that same computer sound effect like when he presses a button on his helmet in in A New Hope special edition. Well, apparently I did not know this. Um, he has a spur sound effect in Empire. Oh yeah, he's walking around too. I, I, it's one of those things. I guess I subconsciously just never noticed. Well, you know, if you had watched uh, Under the Helmet, the new Disney Plus documentary about Boba Fett, they would have laid in heavily about the spur sounds. Do, do they do they have somebody doing a YouTube breakdown of that? Because that seems more interesting than me watching Under the Helmet. Honestly, Under the Helmet is a YouTube breakdown of Boba Fett's career. It's not even that long. And it just by the end of it, you realize you watch a commercial for Boba Fett and a cool one at that. But yeah. Also, how many moons the te- does does the planet tattooing have? Three, I think now. I thought it was two, but maybe you saw three in this one. No, it's three. That is exciting. It has two suns, three moons. Who knows how many equators it has? I'm sure one. 
how many horseshoes and, and shamrocks does it have too? It's like freaking Lucky Charms planet. Two suns is a lot more rare than two two moons. Like like lame planets in our solar system have like five, six, seven moons, so it's not that crazy. But uh, but the two suns thing that's a big deal. Yeah, us with our perfect moon. Yeah, go everyone listening, go go outside and look at it right now. If you can't see the moon, that's your own problem. It might be day. I don't know when you listen to this. Anyways, let's move on. So, okay, so there's a lot besides uh, besides the nerdish continuity error I honed in on. There's a lot of interesting stuff here. So, like uh, like we talked about with with Zach uh, on the ch- chapter two recap, uh, Jabba did have a sweet underground parking garage where the slave one has been this whole time. That was cool to see. There was like a, a separate garage door that was like farther out in the hills, and Boba Fett's camping out outside there, waiting for the best opportunity to steal back his ship. It did seem sort of weird and inconvenient for Bib Fortuna to leave the Slave One parked just inside that door for like five years. Maybe he was using it and taking joyrides and stuff, but it, it, it was funny when Fennec Shan scopes it out. It's like it's right inside the door just there the whole time. There's nothing else. There's no other. Th- these are the huts like they, they make ships seem very, very rare, especially at the end when you're like, oh, yeah, I could just own this. I could just take over this planet now. I have a ship. <laughs> you think he's just he could just do anything at that point. He could have taken out that train earlier with the ship. He could have done everything. You know, once you have the ship, it's like, okay, he's good now. That's the other thing too, is he had all those Tuscan Raiders with him. And if he really wanted to get his ship, don't you think he should have just taken all the Tuscan Raiders in there and just taken his ship? And they could have uh, 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 all the all they wanted. It's a good possibility with that plan that many Tuscans would be killed. And they already are. So also many Bothans could have also died too. Who needs Bothans when you've got like Baldroid Handroid drone? Yeah. So we had to see a great video game sequence that I think plays in one of the uh the recent Star Wars games where you play as the Imperial. Was it Battlefront 2? And you gotta do uh, a yeah. lot of missions with your droid going around doing stuff for you. That's what that was. Uh, it was very scout. video game. To the biker scout droid. Is that what it was? God, that is a lot of cybernetics yeah, they put Because you in could her. throw up the uh the biker scout had a droid, he a scout droid he could throw out. Okay, so I didn't recognize it specifically, but I thought, you know, maybe you shouldn't have the, the all those red lights on while you're sneaking around. But it's it that was a cool little piece of hardware how it sort of holographically mapped the place. Uh, it reminded me of they they use a similar uh, sci-fi uh, doodad in Prometheus where it like mines the like the engineer ship right, and it just goes around and lasers the whole place. That was cool. It's Mission Impossible. I mean, that's like it's very similar things it can actually do. It's it's the Dark Knight almost. And you're talking about you're you're talking about how much hardware they put in the the mods put in Fennec Shand. It did seem funny to me when looking back, like she's basically like thirty percent a T eight hundred at this point, and it was because of like one blaster shot. I I guess like she it just got she got really messed up and was basically already dead, but like her whole torso is replaced. So so how do blaster how do blaster shots work? I mean, the problem is if they answer that, it's a can of worms because it works differently in a situational basis to serve the plot. So you can't really go there because like, you know, like I'm doesn't uh, like Leia gets shot in in front of the bunker and like she pretty much yep. walks it off, you know. Well, she got a cybernetic. I want to think that there's a bunch of old stormtroopers that just are all the modded up guys. That just, they're you know, someone came along and saved them. They're all now machine more than mine. Twisted and evil. Yeah. 
I guess it was in the arm, but like I think at the end of the movie, she just has like a little white bandage over it, and it's like good enough. We don't need to talk about this anymore, <laughs> or replace it with a robot without rendering this anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it was a gut shot, so I mean, it. Uh, I'm gonna give her a benefit of the doubt here. Yeah. So what you think of the Fennec turn? Yeah, you had to just do the whole courting of Fennec Shan, where, you know, it, they almost seem like semi, almost a little romantic. She's like, I'll hang around a little bit. And I'm like, all right, Boba. And I also wondered, I meant to bring this up earlier. So Boba was with Robert Fett. Sorry, this is this guy. This is this different guy, Robert A. Fett. So he lives with the Tuscans for four years. Did he, did they, like, betroth him a woman or to get a girlfriend or something while he was there? They don't mention any of that. Yeah, he just kind of hung out. That. He got a yeah. bantha. All right. That's the thing. And he got a bantha. And those bantha loved him, licked him all over his face. And like, she was a good girl. But now I am Bubba Fett, wants you to go into the Dune Sea and make bantha babies. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> we saw Barbara flirting sh- with chicks. We know he's in, like, he does do this. This is, you know, canon, special edition canon, but he flirts and stuff. You think he does. Well, uh, the other thing, too, is, you know, he, he could have gotten on with the Bantha. You know, that's a lot of time to be without. I don't want to think about Robert Fett doing that. That's the most that's dangerous a, Bantha in the galaxy. No, the Bantha a Fett. I th- so I guess where like let, where is there aside from that v- image, where is the actual time jump here? Is it like right? But so is the is the three or four years like right before he emerges from the that montage where he comes out of the tent with the robes on like i guess that because it seems like it's pretty continuous from there on so like they're implying like he finally graduated to like tuscan robe status like after like three or four years because there's sort of a montage of him hanging out with them and then he emerges from the tent with the with all the gear i still say he was stuck in the the the, the sarlacc for for three of the four years. Oh, they're say like three and a half, four years. And he's lived yeah. with them for a couple of weeks and he's just super <laughs> emotional and emo from coming out of there. As much as that's a fun idea, Zinger, I'd like to remind you that we, we did disprove that theory earlier uh, in these chats because the, the he's a, he's outside of the Sarlacc when the Jawas show up. They're just roaming everywhere, man. You can't take that as 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 canon. Really? Because when I think I asked the question, how long does it take the Jawas to show up to a blown up sail barge? And you're like, you said something like, what's the speed of light? (laughs) (laughs) How how fast does it take light? How fast does it take somebody to see a thing? Yeah. So so, (laughs) you know, I think that's an indication of how long he was in there. I still want to know how that stormtrooper is there. All right, never mind. I'm totally derail it. No, a dewback fell fell in there at one point. And it is a whole thing, but uh, but eventually he picks up Fennec Shand, and we have a line that a a, a much talked about line by the unnuanced these days who are crying foul against Disney, which they they knew what they were they knew what they were getting into with this. But basically, when describing to Fennec Shand his ship that he would like to recover, uh, he, he refers to it as a fire spray model. Now, I think this is really interesting because clearly somebody inside who is not super nuanced about the canon saw this piece of script or saw that saw a daily like way back i'm talking like a year ago or more and said you know i he leaked it as an insider he's like i think they call it the fire spray and everybody was talking like that was the new name of the ship because some guy who doesn't understand that that's the model of the ship saw this script and started writing about it online and tamir morrison even had a quote that was like 
I think we call it the fire spray or something in this show. It's like the guy who leaked that and Tamir Morrison both don't understand the context of that line. <laughs> and it's funny that they both talked about it. So I, I, I know me, 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 me and Russ have established we, we both watched the same YouTuber. I think the solution they gave was a great one of Phoenix should have been like, oh, let's take slave one. He sh-, and then, of course, Boba Fett should have been like, no. We will no one call should it. be a slave. Yeah, we yeah, are no, no one, slaves. Yeah. Not yeah, even yeah. our ships are Banthas. Yes, and 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 renamed it Bantha One. Yes, but Zenger to do that, they would have had to have said it once, which they don't even want to do. And um, but but not only that, but they just by by him using the technical term for it, which when you're explaining to a co-conspirator. Uh, that you're of something you're going to steal with them and like pull off this heist. It is probably best to explain in technical terms, especially when your ship is like a one of one. So, uh, you know, um, I think it makes sense. And they're just sort of kicking the can down the road so they don't have to deal with it right now. So if this was, like, say, Han was doing this and he's with Fennec Chan, somehow he fell in the Sarlacc and he Han went through this whole journey. If he went up to there <clears throat> with her, he said, all right, we got to get in there. My YT-1300 is inside there. Or would he say, I got to get the Falcon? Would she just go, what's a Falcon? I think that seems totally reasonable to me. It's just the fact that they, instead of him, if they, if he would have just said my ship, we there'd be less controversy, but. that wait. You call, you, you, you came in that thing? You're braver than I thought or something. Wait, I just realized something. Were there other ships? No. no. Okay, so why do you have to, why do you specify the only, the literal only ship in here. Cause I was about to make the argument of, oh, we need to go, you know, steal back my car, the Honda CRV, not the one with the custom plate that says Zing on it. Yes, that is my actual license plate. But no, the Honda CRV, because that's what I refer to it as. Well, or <laughs> the only car in the parking lot. Well, it's funny you say that because, like, you know, we were also talking about, like, how dumb would it be if all of Jabba's guests had to park out in the Dune Sea? Well, Boba Fett makes all of his guests park out in the sand in this episode when he sort of has the crew of uh, captains yeah, over. You get this shot of them walk, walking on foot away from the palace and then they're all in speeders later. So they had, they weren't allowed in the garage. They had to park outside in the sand because the garage is still messed up from when he broke out and he doesn't want them to see how trashy he's left the place or he didn't want to snatching up the fire spray uh, yeah. well that's how black chewbacca got in then yeah yeah exactly he just walked in the garage yeah that makes sense yeah all right well so yeah so like you know they map out the palace and we get this is another interesting detail so we the the little uh mapping droid goes into java's kitchen and we get we get a chef droid from attack of the clones i think that's like chopping up a bunch of stuff and then we get ev99 and this EV-99 sounds a whole lot more like the one from Return of the Jedi than the one that's in the cantina, which is Mark Hamill, I think, in, in Mandalorian. So I guess the one in the cantina is not Jabba's EV-99 because that one never left because this one, the voice sounds real close to the Return of the Jedi. And I obviously it's not the uh, deceased Richard Marquand, so it's a new voice actor, but they're doing a great job of, of emulating EV-99's voice when, when uh, she shows up here. You know, I'm actually having this play in the background and I'm at that part. Why does the droid bring the soup spoon up to its mouth to taste? 
the soup. The taste sensors. Yeah, maybe a heat sensor. Awesome. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. I, I love everything that's happening right now. Well, that's not as... I mean, Star Wars visual dictionaries have far more preposterous comments than that droid having a heat sensor around its face area. Like, you know, you know when uh, when they put a... Uh, a line uh, aiming up to uh, Dooku's face, and it says "signature look of superiority." Like that's the kind of- yes. perfect perfection. I, I have some of those books. I should really just stare at them next time we record. Yeah. So what I mean, I, I've I've I must admit, uh, it was very fun seeing Jabba's kitchen, even though it was currently being run by Bib Fortuna, and you get um some really fun droids you have to see ev99 uh walk around before getting like smacked in the head and knocked over <laughs> by boba fett and uh it's cool to sort of see some of these other areas of jabba's palace that actually look like you can imagine them sort of adjacent to what goes on in return of the jedi a little easier than uh boba fett's back to room upstairs so they look like they really fit in um they obviously we talked about the rat catcher droid a little bit i i feel like we see this droid in the clone wars yeah it's not a new droid right it it pops up in the in the clone in the clone wars um series at some point though i think it's bigger in that one also um so while we got robert rodriguez doing this i feel we have both robert rodriguez's the spy kids and the like um desperado one in this episode appear because this little run around with the robots is very spy kids ish and then what we're going to talk about very shortly is very like oh this is what i've wanted out of boba fett so i'm sure we'll get there anyways the the thing i'm trying to say is this this part seemed out of place yeah, it, it really did. I and mean, the people I was watching with, I was watching, you know, my family's pretty casual Star Wars watchers and a couple of things caught them when they said fire spray looked at me like, wait, what? That was a moment. And this moment, too. I mean, my wife looked at me. She's like, oh, no, no. And I was like, you know, of course, it, it got better. And it, it definitely I, I was a little bit on board. I was like, oh, it's a little episode one. It's kind of fun. But it went on a little too long. It was too much when you, you're telling the little droid you're Boba Fett. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just to just to be set the record straight here, I wasn't sure, and uh, this episode was actually not directed by Robert Rodriguez. It's directed by Kevin Trancharoen, who I've never heard of, but that's probably my ignorance. And uh, but I think Rodriguez did just episode one and episode three. Oh, well, I was about to say yeah, Favreau he, he wrote must, this. He must have heavily, like, I'm sorry, like it's it's not like the most terrible thing, but it's just like the the two droids are fine it's the mouse catching droid like that one to two minutes is just kind of like did you just need to fill time in a show that doesn't matter what time is it's it's very tom and jerry ish right like it's like boba fett's making an excessive amount of noise to capture this droid and then it's communication and security systems in star wars is just a baffling thing it's like you mean to tell me this droid is not in any way wirelessly connected to the palace's security system where he needs to like physically run and tell somebody. So that's a little strange. Even though it wirelessly communicate was communicated to, to come get the rats. <laughs> yeah. So, and then he turns, he turns himself off out of fear, which is also a very, another very strange thing to do. But, um, as- aside from that, uh, we, we, he, we get, we just, the actual capturing of the slave one <clears throat> is a is a very it's, it's very fun action-packed scene of mm-hmm. boba and fennec shan taking out numerous uh jabba goons and sort of uh the the ship 
barely getting out of the very low clearance garage, which I pointed out in previous talks, like that ceiling did become a problem. I was glad to see that because it didn't really look safe. Hey, could someone pick up that phone? And anyone pick up pick up that phone because Chris called it. It's a it, you know it's about a foot higher than the top of the ship, which like it's it's interesting. And he takes off like as if he didn't realize the door was closed. He's like, oh wait, now that I'm halfway out, it's like you better do something about that. We we need antics. Yeah, we need more antics in this very serious show. Apparently, if you're shopping for a spaceship, you know the don't get the fire spray because they don't have rearview mirrors. <laughs> well, okay. because you won't know that the door is still exactly. This, you have, you have to get is, a master assassin at the back on the uh, landing platform to tell you, hey, the door is closed. This is the worst garage ever. You can't land Imperial shuttle in there. The Falcon one. Like, what is this designed to fit in? Worst garage ever. Yeah, I think Wait, it, I where think did they? Park? It seems like it's for land vehicles, though. I think. Well, I will say they did show some skiffs in there, like all the little skiffs. I bet his sail barge was probably down there. The, the, That's the probably sail barge could not have fit in there. I am saying hands mm. down. There where they keep no that way. thing? He's got like a, a storage unit. He keeps it at in town in Mos Eisley. It could have fit in there just oh. barely. Oh, what what are, what are the things called? The store it. Those those, those things that yeah, you store it off. or something. Yeah, yeah. He has one of those dropped off, and it's a giant one with a sail barge that comes out. Or the sail barge is in a bottle. You have to break the bottle to get to it. Say what you will about like any uh, other aspect of the creative departments here, but like Doug Chang does some of the concept work here. I wouldn't be surprised if that sort of garage hallway was bespoke designed retrospectively to be where the sail barge is supposed to be when it's being like, I'm sure that somebody like that thought about it. I think it could just barely fit in there. Oh, you don't tell me that HasLab has got something up their sleeve now where they're going to make something to keep your sail barge in. Oh, God. It's just get a, get a new house. Yeah. <laughs> well, you sit there and you look at the concept art at the end of the show, and it's actually that garage was supposed to be up higher. It was supposed to be more towards where Boba Fett had his back to. Well, you, if you know, I don't know how many of you guys uh, have the some of the vintage collection vehicles. They, they made a pretty big Amazon exclusive Slave One that's like the biggest three and three quarter figure one they have ever made. And even that one is probably about half of the actual size it would be compared to the figures. And it's like a foot and a half long. So like, I, I, I think the height of the slave one lying down and the sail barge is probably pretty close. I have the clone wars version. Uh, I had got for one of my kids. It came with like the young Boba Fett and a bunch of figures. That's the same size. That's the biggest one. Okay, I have that one. I also have a vintage collection one where it's in like the starcaded box, clear box that looks into it. So I might, I think that might be the same design, just a different paint. I got the Lego one. That one's pretty big too. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I have a Lego one too. I have, I have a lot of these slave ships lying around. Jeez, I got a mm. stupid with fire sprays. Yeah, and of course I have the the vintage Kenner Canadian version as well. Sorry, it, it just got to like the, I, I think the part we've, we all were waiting for in this was for Boba Fett to Boba Fett and him taking out the speeder bikes in his fire spray um, was pretty BA. Like I, I, this, this, this is what I think a lot of people expected from this show. And it, it's like, it delivered. And then some also, why does Phoenix stare down a closing door? Oh, cause it, like, oh, when she, she took she that shot it, to yeah, drop the weight. Just, 
she she does like a stare down. She wanted to make sure she hit the shot. I don't know. Yeah, oh no, oh, we both everyone in the room looked at each other and went, Oh, BA. You know, I, I don't want to yeah. have to edit anything, but definitely that was the the very forceful BA moment right there. And yeah, him taking everybody out with yeah, that kind of made up for a lot of goofiness. She kind of forgot, like, oh now he's getting brutal, he's gonna destroy this whole gang. Did you notice he killed the last guy with a missile just for no reason? No, like, everyone reason. else he shot. The one last guy is like, and well, I got to use one missile, you know, well, I mean, why you not? You see it coming too, like, mm-hmm. like you see it flying down. It, 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 it takes its time. And now I think get there. I think when when um when he showed up in the Mandalorian uh, in, in one episode, it also did cycle through all three primary weapons that are shown off in Attack of the Clones in, the, in that chapter as well. Uh, it's cool that yeah. it's cool that he's rolling them all out. Um. So yeah, like you know, this this the murder of this biker gang is pretty savage. Of course, it gets the moral pass because they had previously slaughtered his Tuscan tribe. So like, it's totally fine to just wipe these guys off the map. What was it a different gang though, or did he just go find people on speeder bikes and mow them down? I'd like to assume he murdered randos. Yeah, like totally the wrong gang. That that seems yep. reasonable. Yeah, There's a lot yep. of murder in this. We got to see uh, Black Christensen. Uh, we got to see him, yeah, just mur- you know, mess up a bunch of Trando Shans, rip an arm off. Him. He didn't kill. He ripped. They grow back. Yeah, no, they we'll, grow back. <laughs> that makes it okay. Okay, well, we'll we'll get there. There was a there was a weird line that sort of stood out to me, and I wanted to see what you guys thought about it. But um, um, Sarlacc murder. It's yeah, no, it stood out to me too. Well, that was pr- that was pretty crazy. We're almost there, but there was something a little earlier that I just I made a, a note of when I was watching it, but um. Fett's when when Fett's talking about stealing back his ship, he says he mentions to Fennec Shand that Bib Fortuna double crossed him. I have no idea what this is in reference to. No, what happened and how did he know he was Fett? Because he was skinny last time he saw him. As far as I was, uh, I I thought I don't know. A lot of that is real confusing. It's 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 very it's very well well known that that not only did Bib take. Jabba's place, but was going for his weight too. Fett, and let's be honest, he screwed up and he accidentally fell. It was his own jetpack accident. No one double crossed him. Oh, maybe. maybe he figured out Bib Fortuna uh, sabotaged his uh, his backpack, his uh, jetpack while he was in the Sarlacc. He had time to or kill. Maybe there was some deal that was made yeah. with Jabba that, like, Jabba's dead, so. Bibs double crossed me because this was only supposed to be like a X, Y, or Z job. Okay, now you're making some sense. So what it probably what it was probably in reference to, which I didn't think of, is because of when he ended up falling in the Sarlacc pit. It's quite probable that he was never fully paid for bringing in Han Solo. He might have been paid for Han Solo, but was not paid for the additional. They were probably like, hey. We're going to execute him. We want you to stay around as some extra muscle. Okay. And we'll pay and we'll pay you. And he never got paid for that. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it does seem kind of weird that like, I don't know, like, I guess, I don't know if there's a canon answer for like how much later uh, are, are, does the, uh, the heroes arrive at Jabba's palace after Boba Fett originally dropped off Han. It does kind of seem like Fett is, Fett is on vacation at this point and has very little agenda because like, Han's already up on the wall and pride of place, like perfectly framed. He's been to the framers and back and, and Boba Fett's still hanging out there, not doing a whole lot. So it is kind of interesting. Um, 
to sort of how much time had passed there. Yeah, considering the Mandalorian had ships full of guys in carbonite and he's just handing them out left and right. He's not sticking around to take pictures with the things. He's going to move on and make some cash. It, it doesn't seem as motivated by cash. Uh, it, it never has like Mando does. Well, no, because you you remember later in the thing, they say, how much do we have? And Boba Fett kind of implies that he's not really worried about money. But is that just like a stockpile in the palace that Bib had amassed that he's talking about? Or that Jabba had, or is it his own? Who knows? I the mean, food he did budget get... has been cut by 90%. Exactly. Here. We, are ma- we are making money hands over claws or robot droid hands, whatever you want to say. Tell me what you thought about this whole Sarlacc situation. You guys on this very podcast complained, made big deals, made a scientific analysis of, oh, he dug his way out instead of going through the mouth. How much more rewarding was it to have the freaking sonic, I mean, sonic bomb go down and it be swallowed and blown up? Oh, but if I had it my way, he would have crawled out of the mouth. You guys are wrong. I'll take Fingers it man. right because it did have an air of mystery because when he was going, you I was thinking back. I'm like, wait, how did he get out again? I was like, oh, yeah, he set the thing on fire. OK, why was the stormtrooper there? But I was like, maybe it's dead. Maybe it's not. And I I, I didn't know. Did you did you guys think it was actually alive? I, I kind of did buy in that it was dead at first. I kind of thought it was dead, too, mm-hmm. but it was so rewarding. That big beak, that big special edition beak comes jumping at you. Oh, Chris didn't like that. He doesn't oh, like no, the beak. Yeah, yeah. See, look at him. The beak didn't bother me. Um, here's okay. So here's just me like being a jerk. Let's talk about what's stupid about this scene. I saw I saw a meme that summed it up really well. It was like that shot. It was like that behind the scenes still, or maybe it's an edit of Luke from A New Hope and Obi Wan's hut like looking down the barrel of the lightsaber like two inches from his face and right above that was the slave one like aimed into the sarlacc pit it's like you're really taking a chance by setting it up that way although i can sort of understand why initially if he could avoid it perhaps it's too traumatic to climb right back in if he can avoid it so he's gonna keep some glass between him and the thing but um that uh, i thought it was weird that he put the ship that close to it because like you're just just it's- how far do you think you're going to get in at all? Like, can't you get you some binoculars or something while you're like a few feet away? It's a safety hazard. He does not realize the size of his ship. We've established that. He doesn't realize that getting it out of job is it's about two of me, right? No, it's a little bigger. <laughs> he doesn't realize it flying into trying to be like, I'll just drive it into right? the starlight. <laughs> Pew pew! I'm shooting lasers. I have so that and and so he Fennec's like, oh, your armor is definitely dissolved by now. He's like, oh, not not Beskar, which obviously his armor was not Beskar in Legends, but never mind that. So it's Beskar. It wouldn't have dissolved in the acid. It protected him in there. So he's like, oh, it's definitely still in there. Kept him safe all those years. He was down there. Then 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 a seismic charge falls in, which. You couldn't have done something like you were you your chances of survival would have been better if you just try got out the back door and ran away than try to detonate a seismic charge like five feet in front of your ship. That was a horrible idea. The fact that they got away with it is shocking. Um, if 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 the blast weren't aligned perfectly horizontally to be in front of the ship, it would have just completely destroyed them had the bomb been angled slightly differently. That was a horrible decision that they should they shouldn't have got away with. But even after that, I think it's safe to say 
that if your armor was in there, it's probably not still intact anymore after the seismic charge goes off. So then he proceeds to climb in there and still look for it. Wait, this is why Pascal would he think about. his armor's in? Is he hallucinating? He, yeah, did he forget that he had it on when yeah, he didn't have it on? He exactly. Got it. I probably <laughs> dropped it. I think I left it in there. It's like when you lose your keys. Like, no, no, no. They're in there. It's like, no, you had them earlier. Remember? Nope. Nope. They were there. He, he forgets the Jawa gave him an ion blaster butt to the head, and that's what knocked him out, and they stripped his armor off him. It's like a I was half expecting him to fly off. To fly off and and destroy that sand crawler, that would have been a lot. He should have went and he should have, yes, thrown a seismic charge in there and blow the crap out of the out of. And I'll get Luke's old house too while I'm out here. That little prick (laughs) threw me in there. Obi Wan, where is that Obi Wan house? It's up on top of a hill. No, that that is a good point. Why the crap does he think his armor's in there? He obviously used it to get out or does he that's just not remember because he did not have a back to tank to give him a back to fl- uh, back a flashback to, <laughs> back to fly. it was really a rough couple days man like you gotta give him a pass on that like he's he, he but, like you, you want to say he was in there for like a long time even if he was in there for like a week he would be like hallucinating from like weird sleep deprivation and hunger so like you gotta give him a pass it would have been funny if Fennec would have looked at him and been like, wait, didn't you tell me like you use your armor to get out? He'd be like, what? No, I didn't say that. That was that was talking about the Tuscans or something. He just changed the subject like what? I was dreaming about Banthas. It was a mandatory Sarlacc action sequence, which I'm on balance was fun and good. It's just like I, you know, the seismic charge like right in front of the ship. It's really rolling the dice, man. But I guess it was an urgent situation. You you don't want to be. They can they can actually sit there and explain it away where the seismic charge went a certain way and it just popped out to the side instead of up at him. That's the other thing. What if it just had? What if it had got caught on the top and hadn't rolled off in there? You know that was just a real gamble. But anyways, okay. Well, I don't think any of that was on purpose. I've only seen it once, but doesn't Fennec hit the button? He's like, don't touch my buttons or something. Doesn't he even say something cringy like that? Like, don't touch my button. That's after they got away with it. Yes. Okay. Real quick. I just want to establish a few things because, because, because a lot of stuff is falling into place for me now. One, maybe the sand was packed so tightly that the seismic charge, like so tightly, an individual could not have crawled through it in any way, shape or form. I thought about that. I know you did. <laughs> and um, basically, basically, if the if the sand was so dense that the seismic charge couldn't spread out, it would have all that energy would have fired directly at Boba Fett's face or down. It could have gone down. We don't know how deep these things go. There's a visual guide that shows it, but I'm ignoring that right now. Secondly, is it too robot chicken? For him to have shot those freaking speeder bikes and then been like, I've got one more thing I need to do. Flown over the Sarlacc pit and then dropped the bomb into it. Yeah, just just a drive by on it. That's why they had to add the armor element because they couldn't just do the drive by on it. Because they pitched the drive by and someone's like, yeah, no, we got to give him another reason. 
Why would he? Yeah, they, they had that. That was it. That's the reason. They're trying to think we forgot that he used his armor. And I'll say this. When I was a kid, I once uh, buried my foot in sand and because um, I had a BB gun and I wanted to see how protective sand was. So I buried my foot in the sand and shot. It was a BB or a pellet gun. I shot it. And uh, yeah, it hit my foot. I shot myself in the foot. The sand did nothing. I, I, I love Russ science. I want more Russ youth science segment. Russ, I like as a like, I know I'm not a scientist, but I would like to point out that what what you would find as an appallingly small amount of more sand would have saved your foot. Like it would have probably if you would have just done double the amount of sand, you probably wouldn't have felt anything. I was short. I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, OK. The sand. Yeah. I didn't have long wait, legs. Wait. So I was just point blank pretty much. Wait, we, we were taking advice on sand from a Canadian. If it was snow, I believe him. Sand, not so much. I don't think sand exists up there. You don't even have snow anymore. It's 2022, dude. We don't have no. You're right. It's all in Virginia. It's all in freaking Virginia right now. Snowing constantly. I would love to perpetuate that myth, but like, there's like 20 states that are farther north than me where I currently exist. So it's just you know. But yeah, we don't. We haven't got a whole lot of snow this year. It's kind of weird. You know, sand works uh, pretty good. Um, it's kind of like even like like you know you see it a lot in movies and water. I think I have this arcane knowledge from MythBusters because like even in water they they did a test once where like water like really takes the velocity out of bullets like three feet of water or something. John Wick in John Wick he swims backwards a little bit because of the whole fact that it. But uh, but by the way I guess we need to put this law in here. Uh, don't try any of this at home, Russ. Oh yeah, definitely <laughs> but- don't try any of this at home. Apparently bullets are really water's very good at stopping bullets. Yeah. Anyways, it was water I needed to do, not sand. All right, I'll do that next time. Perfect. But with the charge, that's the thing is, if that charge was able to bust apart asteroids, if a charge like that went into sand, it would form it into glass because of the heat and energy. Maybe there's a big glass disc under there. Yeah. So there's a giant ashtray on Tatooine now where the Sarlacc used to be. Yeah. And there's a whole lot of and this is something that happens like uh, this was a something that actually was bothering some of the more sensitive audience members when The Mandalorian was first coming out. But these two shows are really like every other episode, there's a g- giant hideous monster animal they have to kill. It's it's a it, it happens a lot. It, like Mandalorian has like five or six of those across the two seasons. And this one, you had the. You had the centaur lizard man. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess the Sarlacc gets added to that list too, along with the twice. Yeah. And the mud horn and this big spiders and the crate dragon. There's a bunch of these things. You're just playing space monster hunter. Speaking of space, we got to see uh, what a little taste of space, right? Finally in this star Wars show. Did he we, took, did he, t- didn't he take a ship out of atmosphere? No. At one point? He's it all in atmosphere. Oh, well, they got close. Yeah, where was he going? Where was he going, Russ? I don't remember that. I don't. He didn't really do anything. He didn't leave anywhere. He's cruising. Just I think. Yeah, I guess around. he was just cruising around. When you see someone in a cockpit, you assume they're in space. I got that Star Wars feel again. I say, I'm like, oh, we're going somewhere, huh? Oh no, we're just gonna go shoot a bunch of uh, a bunch of Clatoonians with uh, leather vests on or whatever. Well, so just uh, to keep it moving here, we touch on this briefly, but we we do get back to. Uh, sanctuary uh and this uh establishment is one of the most fun things about this series and this is definitely the best scene from sanctuary ever where we sort of see black chrysanthemum getting drunk and just steaming while he's looking at some trandoshans and he's spilling beer all over himself what i love about this is like 
you did get that one shot of the Trandoshan offering Fed a Wookiee pelt in chapter one or two, I forget. And uh, so, yeah, so so there's a little hint of it, but the average normie in the audience doesn't know that these two races have like this ancient blood feud, right? So it's just fun to see them sort of play a little bit on that when I know a good chunk of the audience has, doesn't get what's going on there. They just think he's just being a jerk. So that's fun. I loved it. Like I said, as this this scene took some, you have to know your Star Wars knowledge. Also, I am one hundred percent sure one of those Trandoshans stole um, Lando's from 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 Lando's um, closet. Like I swear, he has a cape and a total Lando outfit. It's the one that gets thrown by the door when Boba's walking in. Um, like I said, I love this scene. I thought it was great. It's great to see him back. It's great to know he's going to be back again. Uh, as for the Trandoshans, um, they 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 look fine. Finally, I, got to see an arm ripped off in a non-deleted scene. Is this first canon arm rip? Because I think they've tried it. They tried it what in Force Awakens, and they didn't use it. They're like, they can't have Chewbacca actually do that. We'll just imply it. I can't remember if the one in Solo was a cut scene or if it's actually in the movie. But and there's a there's a scene in Solo in an elevator where he rips somebody's arm off too. I think that is also a cut scene. I don't think that actually is in there. Nice. So, yeah, you know, it's off screen. But then again, so is uh, Ponda Baba's arm getting cut off is off screen. And that's one of the classics. But it's canon. Yeah, exactly. So, so, um, uh, Zenger, you're saying that you're saying they grow their limbs back. So it's like somehow allegedly that would make sense as lizards. And I get what you're saying. Like they do look a little bit too good. They, they almost look like they're just, they're like, those eyes were bugging us. The eyes were bugging. And if anyone wasn't bugged, it was like, cause we've, I know the eyes have been mentioned. I didn't really notice as much when you got six of them, all their eyes are like offset like that, doing that weird thing, especially in the close-ups. That was, that was, a, it was a little bit off putting. It looked like they look like the clone wars cartoon Trandoshans basically. Cause it's just like those eyes are just big animated eyes. So it's kind of weird seeing them in this sort of photorealistic environment. But you do have this sort of weird phenomenon, which I, I really wish like the progression of the Trandoshan is such an interesting thing because I can't I can't I'm, I'm going to get uh, like some somebody screaming at me. I can't remember what the name of the Trandoshan adjacent species is that we first see in the cantina. There's a couple of masks that are like sort of Trandoshan like, but they're labeled as a different species, I think, purely by virtue of the fact that those costumes have just guys wearing like work gloves. So they have five fingers. So they differentiated that into a different species than the Trandoshans. But the, the, the broad face design first pops up in the cantina, which is then they put more money into that design for Bosk. And uh, so Bosk looks pretty good. He had some face articulation and all that, but the eyes weren't so alive where you, as it, where you could tell where he was looking all the time, you know? So you go from that, sort of 80s style with the slightly moving mouth and that's about it to when you get these weird ones in Mandalorian that are like a full mask there's like no CGI on them and you see like just the human eyes underneath which looks totally weird and that's definitely the worst of all these options and then you go to to this more cartoonish style one which I think between the two recent versions this is the, the way to go you kind of like this better than the ones that were running at Mando looking all weird. Yeah. Some did look like straight up mass at parts where you didn't have to see their eyes and stuff. You can tell they're using a lot of, you know, just real world props and stuff in this. And they do blur that line. A lot of stuff. I was like, was that a real thing or not? You know? So, I mean, I guess it's well done if you're doing it like that. All right. I, I might say something that, that might get me in trouble real quick, but I do want to point this out. And this 
this may be a little blue for this podcast, but I just want to point this out. Uh, Jennifer Beal is smuggling some sugar fruit in, in that. My God, look, looks fantastic. Anyways, I think Ooh. I think you teed that up in a, a sensible way. <laughs> that um, th- that sort of costume is like non-existent in, in uh, Disney Star Wars for like the last five years. So it's interesting to see stuff like that resurface stylistically. It, it gets my thumbs up. And I'm sure whenever Ellie watched this, watch this she will also give it her thumbs up as well so i can't believe i was that close to a ride have you ever seen chewbacca (laughs) what i did find a little distracting and maybe you might not be able to unsee this after i pointed out singer but it looks like her entire headgear got like pushed five degrees to one side like it looks like it's not her her headgear is not quite sitting on right when she walks oh god dang it when she walks up to black christina for the record, I'm not focusing on that in any of those I know. scenes. But yeah, it just show, it just shows you the differences between our two tackling of the this scene. And you know, it was her her moral uh, appeal to Black Chrysanthemum to not destroy this uh, Trandoshan was kind of interesting. I I didn't realize she really makes it sound like society has made a lot of progress in the last few years. Like she's like nobody likes violence anymore. Like you're not a gladiator anymore. Like this kind of behavior is really quite frowned upon in the in the current year. We're kind of into drinking and putting robot parts into ourselves, and like we kind of dress cool like now. Like we're not all like weird. Like the Empire in there, we don't have all this angst. We got like our cool leaders like Han Solo and stuff. Like let's calm down. Oh man! Let's go out to the corner store, get ourselves a, a nice Vespa, and we can sit there and cruise along Tatooine. Yeah. Get a couple of malts, compare oh, mirrors. Man. We'll have fun. You, you know what? Some, I, I will some blue milk malts. <laughs> I'll give you some credit, Chris. In in the one scenes, it is shot from a certain angle up. So yeah, you kind of do have to focus on the fact that headdress is not on correctly. It looks like it just got pushed to the side a little bit and someone wasn't watching. Some some makeup artist wasn't watching their monitor. I'm sorry to call you guys out. But like, so it just it comes back when on some of her later close ups. But yeah, it looks like she just adjusted it or something and it pushed over to the side. Well, I mean, how can you focus on anything? I mean, she's smuggling sugar and fruit. All right. All right. Well, on, on, and on, on, I mean, with, with those head head things. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right. I'll save this because I want to actually I know I didn't get to be here last week and talk about the modern kids but i want to say there is a star wars infinities comic waiting to be made out there where luke does not heed the call to obi-wan he becomes this cool modern dude and like because that's what the cool kids are probably doing later he's he wants to be cool he's luke mods himself all up and he almost inadvertently becomes a darth vader because he just goes like he wants to be so cool he mods himself like crazy just well he, that out he does too. mod himself he gets a robot arm yeah, he is pretty cool in Tatooine standards then. Yeah, see, he wanted to be like the cool kids and finally got there. That's why he accidentally got shot on his hand. He's like, oh, look, oh, and they were oh. like, oh, man, that thing is cool. And he, you know, canonically speaking, he was doing it before it was cool. Oh, maybe everyone's doing it to be like their hero, Luke. All these trendy kids. Her Luke had a robot hand. Yeah, well, I'm going to get robot eyes. How about that? They're probably posted on their on their face space and their my books. Well, I'm going to get a Super Battle Droid's hand and become a doctor and a bass player. What do you think of that? And we got confirmation. I know we're all over the place that Max Rebo is actually Max Rebo. We hear her bringing it back to the baskets of fruits earlier. I will say it's not because no one knew Max Rebo died. Somebody is impersonating Max Rebo. Either that was on Jabba's 
I mean, Jabba's barge or this new one. Which one's the real, real Max Rebo? It does look different. Uh-huh. I think that's just down to them not remaking the costume properly. He's on the spice now. He's a jazz musician, a jazz musician. He's probably he's got a spice running all through him. That 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 spice train is running 24-7 at Tatooine, we learned. So yeah, yeah the spice melange. Arrakis. I just don't know why. Like it just it seems like it's a simple enough thing, but you know, he just he doesn't look quite right. He looks like the Dollar General version of Max Rebo. I don't know why they just can't like when they get that first draft, how come like Doug Chang or somebody doesn't like be like, listen, it's just you need like three inches more material back there. Like just figure it out before you shoot a little shit. darker. And, you know, he just kind of moves a little crappily. It's not yeah. that like good. the proportions of the 1983 Kenner figure are closer to Return of the Jedi Max Rebo than this guy is. And he has a diaper. Perfect. It could be it could be that Max is just the last name and the last name is actually the first name oh so, so it could be a brother could be a nephew ron Re- ron max max ron no max sebo oh i like it or tebow Tebow. he's not happy walk we can't go there yeah they could have given it would have been funny if she named him like said his name and it was like something that sounded comedically similar to max as if it was like a brother that's just like does the exact same profession but we got max so it is there they want us to think it's max rebo which is fine it's just you know it's you like i guess it's he's not the only one in this sort of a chronology who would have had to make some sort of hilarious daring escape off the sail barge because book of Mac Re- Max Rebo is coming. Yeah, this is a setup. Like we can't forget Bib Bib Fortuna was on that sail barge too, and he somehow got off too. Did anyone die on the sail barge? No. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Watch Jabba. Jedi's gonna get a G rating now all of a sudden. We're like, how'd that happen? Like, no, no, no. It turns out everyone had died in that movie actually lived. All the stormtroopers are fine. They got modded. No, Joe. Leia killed, killed um, Jabba. Oh, Jabba. Uh, yes, but he said died on the sail barge. I'm assuming we went by, my, by the explosion. It wasn't the explosion oh, that killed Oh, what him. if Jabba comes back? <laughs> He's going to come back dead. all modded. <laughs> He's going to be modded with Sarlacc parts. Jabba <laughs> is currently in oil stain somewhere in that husk of the sail barge. He's yeah, he's not coming back. What if the uh, yeah, the uh, the seismic charge somehow, you know, realigned his big guts and, uh, you know, he's got some got some of that bile in him now. <laughs> he's going to get modded. He'll be like a Terminator Jabba coming. He's out for blood against Fett. Yeah. <laughs> he's just rolling around the desert. So, I, 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 I want to point this spider out legs. This has. Oh no, Bomar Jabba! <laughs> you're you're just turning him into uh, Mojo from the X Men comics. Uh, at that point, if he has spider legs and is all modded, um, someone please know what I'm talking about. Star Wars, Star Wars, and Marvel, man, they're the same oh, God, company. Dang, now. It, it is. goes both ways. Uh, I do want to point this out, and this this has nothing to do with this, but this is like an inside joke at work. We we keep on. Like every now and then we'll just say to each other in our best impressions of Jabba the Hutt going, bring Solo and the Wookiee to me. And I keep pointing out to everyone, that's never said by anyone but Luke. But for some reason, we find it endlessly funny. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure Jabba says that, dude. I He does? I, yeah, I that's right that was... after Luke fought the Rancor. Because I can hear Jabba saying it in my head and the only English word in it is Wookiee. 
but he definitely says it. There it is. Okay, cool. He also says, see me Jedi, which is my favorite. uh, I was was about to say the other one we say is um, no job, Alonka. But that's Bib Fortuna saying that. I'm I'm glad I'm not the only one who has all of Jabba's dialogue burned into my brain, even though it means absolutely nothing. Ross, I appreciate well, that. Well, oh yeah. That's- well, great. I can now say it in the whatever dialect at work because I'm like, it's been a while since I've seen Jedi, so obviously I am wrong. But I was like, I don't think he ever says that, but it just is endlessly funny because every now and then we'll just be standing there, and someone will be like. If, if if we're ever told to go find somebody, our response is always bring Solo and the Wookiee to me. Yeah, I think he follows it up with they will pay for this outrage or something like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. He's really mad about Luke. Basically, it's right after the Rancor dies. He's like he's just fired up. And see, I and I smoothly lead us to the best part of this episode, and debatably best part of the episode. Dinner scene, great. This is what I wanted. I wanted. Um, Godfather Boba Fett. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was pretty much a lifted scene almost how close it was. And we got the great Phil Lamar playing. Which one was Back he? Was, again! was he the dog faced leader? Yes. That was Phil Lamar playing the dog faced leader guy who had almost a Lando cape of his own mm-hmm. uh, at the table there. Talk with him. And yeah, and it, it, it was kind of the same thing about like drugs are being, you know, interjected in here. We got to do something. All right. And no one helps him. So he says, all right, just tell me you guys just won't do help them. That's fine. And he's going to take care of it. So Phil Lamar plays two different gang leaders in two episodes back to back. Yep. Voices one and voices and acts as one. Allegedly, according to our sources. Yeah. Yeah. That was him actually playing the guy in this. I like how they work in him. There were so many people into this, but uh, I know we couldn't think of who played, who did the voice of EV 99, but that is uh, a, a well-known voice actor who has taken over from Mark Hamill in this. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm sticking to that. It's a different EV 99. Cause why would you go work in Moss Ozzy and then come back to Jabba's palace? Like, you know, I think there's just two different ones. This one never left because this one sounds real close to the one in return of the Jedi, which is cool. Uh, th- this dinner scene was all right for me. Um, I, th- the, the Clatoonians are a little goofy to me. The dog men, like they're just something a little bit too funny about these guys. Maybe it's the Philomar factor. I don't know. Yeah, that he's looked way Star Trekky too. Like almost like he should have a glittery cape or something on, you know. You know what? I'm gonna say it. Watching these um little things that at the end of the episode, I think he was just gonna originally bomb the Sarlacc. Cause one of them just shows him sitting above it. And I did see the one that I think Joe mentioned earlier about the the um line out from the top of the Yeah. That that, yeah. that looks like a landing pad comes out. And then brings it into the garage, which would make more sense. Yeah, they, it was like out of the side of the building. They gave up on that. Yeah, that was too too complicated. Too much budget. They 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 they're like, listen, we 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 can either do him bombing the Sarlacc or have this ship coming out of the side of the building. Your choice. They made the wrong decision. Well, I think it also is like I think the scale would be wrong for the slave one to come out of the side of that main building. It's I I think we've sort of establish the building smaller than that at this point but but anyways um so that you could not get more besides the point uh like so what do you guys think of boba fett's sort of plan with these these sort of regional gang leaders where all he asks of them is to not join up with the pikes and and betray him they're gonna betray him they're gonna betray him also i i do like how russ said that was completely lifted from 
Godfather, including the Rancor that was in Godfather. Yes, perfect. Yes, yes. Marlon yeah. Brando played the Rancor. Yes, <laughs> yes. Thank you. Uh, no, I I am putting it down. They're gonna betray him. They're gonna betray him. And uh, book two of Boba Fett, it's just gonna be hitless. It's it's not gonna be book of Boba Fett. It's gonna be hitless Fett. Well, you you're really asking for it when you say. You're asking a bunch, a whole room of scumbags, and you're like, the one thing I ask you to do is not betray me. Okay, guys? Fine. We're not helping you either, though. All right. Good. You're still scary guys. I mean, in all fairness, that's like the best thing they could have asked for, to be honest with that situation, is like, oh, you're going to take care of this problem for us, and all you have to do is just not be involved? Cool. Yeah, I mean, the Pikes don't even have, like, cool speeders like these guys do like they just came off the airplane they don't even they have a starship yeah they came on the freaking greyhound you got a group on to come in there they're all just like you know like they're gonna wear like pike peasant outfits and just blend in it's like dude you're pikes we know what you look like what 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 did the freaking huts take a taxi there like oh no they're so threatening we got to stay out of the pikes way how are they getting here? Oh, uh, their shuttle will arrive. Their personal one? Nah, they took a space bus. Ships are seems just so rare. It seems like before in Star Wars, just assume everyone just had a ship, you know, just like a, at least they could have access to so, it. So wait, there was a time period where everyone had a ship, nobody had a ship, and then everyone had a ship again for Rise, I mean, for Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. People yeah. just learned if droids have ships, everyone's got a ship at that point. Yeah, so, so, so we're in the time period where nobody, including our our good friend Din Djarin, where we might see a cameo of his new ship. No, he's going to come on the shuttle with the, the, the pikes. He's going <laughs> to sit next to a pike. But like this period of time, like Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, those lucky enough to have a ship, their ship is explicitly stated to be like 30 years old. Like Din's ship is pre-Empire. What's her name? Uh, the the Mandalorian heiress. Bo-Katan. Yeah, Bo-Katan's okay. driving around in the same ship she had in the Clone Wars. Uh, Boba Fett's ships also predates the Clone Wars. Uh, nobody's got a new ship. It's true. The, the next best wave. ship the Resistance has is the Millennium Falcon. And that's just, you know, it's just the, the one ship the they've had forever. Junk. At this you know what? I just want Din to arrive in the frickin' because they captured that Imperial, um, the Imperial, it's not Imperial shuttle and cruiser. Yeah, that entry level like light cruiser, right? Yeah, he just arrives in that, just flies that down. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah, that wouldn't get you on the radar of anyone it's, at all. It was inconspicuous ship. He just paints it. What? No, it's a good guy ship now. Uh, obviously. They haven't really stated what the scope of power of the Imperial Remnant is at, at this point in time. Like, we haven't seen any of them in this show so far. and Or of what the New Republic. We haven't had a single mention of the New Republic, which is a, kind of a, a, a thing we learned a good amount about at the same time with Mandalorian. If this guy Boba Fett is taking over Tatooine, you think it's going to get to the New Republic and be like, oh, hey, Han. Hey, Leia. Get, you remember that guy Boba Fett? Hey, Luke. You remember that guy, that guy who stole your best friend and you threw into a monster? He's he's taking over Tatooine. Me, maybe you want to do something about oh, this? Oh, man, he's got a Wookiee, too, just like you do, Han, with Chewbacca. Oh, man. They're all just eating together. They laughed like, oh, you remember that? Like, Han, you couldn't even see. You hit his backpack and he flew like an idiot into a wall. Like, OK, have fun with that. We're not bothering with this guy. Well, he's setting his ambitions low, at least. He's not going to generate a whole lot of interest over on Tatooine. Like. Also, 
who cares about tattooing? Seriously. Yeah, I think I think we're I was right on the money where it's like, you know, in another thousand years, it won't even be habitable anymore. So it's just they're they're doing whatever they're doing down there mining for whatnot until it's no longer viable. Yeah. Or in another like couple thousand years, it could be, I don't know, ruled by some spiced out worm god emperor or something. Yeah, they trade glass ashtray pieces as currency on here as they have to dig for those. Because Boba like, Fett blew up a lot more stuff in the sand later on, I'm sure. Like almost like a, a rackus tomb. Like Beetlejuice. <laughs> there were there were some uh I did see some uh breakdowns implying that there's some some uh Crimson Dawn iconography in the mayor's office, for example. What do you think the chances are that we're gonna get a get a immortal uh canonically immortal Amelia Clark cameo by before the end of this show? Uh, that would actually be probably bigger threat than probably the Pikes or the Pikes are working for her. There'd be some connection there if she's going to show up. I'm going to say I'm going to give it a 75% chance only because the comic books right now are super focusing on Crimson Dawn versus the Empire, which has stuff to do with the Huts too. It, the Huts are backing out just to the Pikes. It's the Pikes might be being backed by somebody bigger, which would be interesting. You're saying you're saying the Pikes are like. Is are you talking about War of the Bounty Hunters or what? Do you what are you referencing? This, this is they basically right now, or recently they've done like Crimson Dawn, Shadows of the Empire, like. Basically, they're like, oh, this happens in between episodes five and six. And it's basically almost the exact same as Shadows of the Empire. But it's actually Crimson Dawn. Okay, so but 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 are you saying they've like in the comics, they established a connection between Crimson Dawn and the Pikes? No, I'm just saying I could see that because if Crimson Dawn was powerful enough to kind of futz with the Empire and now the Empire's gone. They could be powerful enough to be running other crime syndicates. Right. But if it's Han's girlfriend, he can. He's like, hey, baby, I'm New Republic. You got to be cool. Remember me? Han Solo. Yeah, he, he could trick her. Amelia Clark shows up and then we have a scene with her and a DH Harrison Ford. Does that mean is not the, the oddest thing that could ever happen on TV? No, yeah, it'd be great for no. Carrie Fisher's legacy to make sure we know that Han Solo was just r- doing whatever he could, whenever he could out there with his old girlfriend. Great. No, ju- just another scene where it shows a, a, a hologram reveal of who, who else, but Darth Maul again, he's alive. So everybody, People like this is actually an old video. This guy's been dead for a few years. So we are our and I actually I want to give a shout out to uh host Zach who is not here, but there was a, a Zach reference in this because he is at Galaxy's Edge right now, and there is a the droid, the DJ droid from Galaxy's Edge was in this episode. I think he was dealing cards at yep. that place. That's the same droid, right? It was on he was from Star Tours and stuff, and he's the he's the bartender with the microphone for a mouth. Or the DJ or whatever. He's the original Captain Rex. Yep. <laughs> That's his name. Um, I, I 
hate all of this. <laughs> but just a shout out because Zach got to see him as he was making his uh, his big uh, Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett debut. Yeah, I, I can't wait to hear how Zach's heart has melted towards the concept of Galaxy's Edge having experienced it firsthand. Or hardened. No, he was taking pictures with lightsabers in front of the Falcon. Zach, Zach had a be- the best time of his life, I think. Yeah, and we'll, we'll let him elaborate on it. But he there he did have a tiny bit of drama in the line for Rise of the Resistance. And I'm so glad that he actually made it on it. Or we would have had a full episode about how terrible the park is because he couldn't get on that ride, even though he was there on vacation. Oh, there, there's a full Zygnus episode about Ellie and him arguing prior to him going about how terrible that whole situation is. So if you want to check that out, it's a Zygnus episode. I 200 something. I can't remember the exact number. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing his reaction on that. I um, like I was talking a little bit b- before we started recording. I'm trying to figure out if I can make it to Celebration Anaheim right now. I don't I you know, it could be one of those situations where I get all my ducks in a row and then just for covid related reasons something just stops it me from going but right now the plan is i'll check that out and maybe hit up the galaxy's edge in california like the day or two before celebration because i think you guys have a i think you guys have a long weekend after celebration so it's probably better to go before uh to to answer the question nobody cares about uh episode 271 disney trip 2021 this week, oh, wait, I have a typo. This week, Zinger, Ellie, and Zach uh, review Ellie's recent trip to Disney World. Yay. Well, at least you caught it now. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to top that, but um, I might check that out because hearing Zach complain about Disneyland is really amusing to me. Oh, it's great. It's it's just him and Ellie complaining just back and forth. It is and for someone who loves something so much to complain about it so much is the best part. It's like you're only complaining about it because you love it so much. You know that, right, Zach? OK, well, let him defend himself. And if he wants to be cynical and cold about it, that's his prerogative. So um, as we sort of wrap this up, Joe, and anything you wanted to say about this episode that you didn't get in so far? I'm looking forward to to the next episode hopefully we we hit the tipping point and it's going to go a little bit more full tilt here um with it being episode number four out of seven we get mando yeah mando mando's Mando's probably going to be coming up you're probably going to get dangar you probably get ig88 probably get a bunch of them suckers yeah you know i i do sort of resent the fact that after the massive solid that boba fett did for din and helping him out collect the child just be like he's like, oh, you gave me my armor back, so I'll help you get the kid. No, he stole his armor back. So and Boba Fett did Din Djarin a massive solid. So the implication that the only way Din is going to come help Fett is for money really bothers me. But that's that's besides the point. They've established a friendship by this point. That's why I thought it meant bounty hunters, man. That's why hearing that, I was like, I don't think Din is that much, you know, after the whole his whole journey. I, I do think they're going to pull back some of those empire guys. What, what do you think the chances are? We're going to see cowboy hat, alien bounty hunter. Oh, ba- uh, what? Cade Cad Bane. Cad Bane. Bane. A live action Cad Bane. See, that could happen. I think Forlom and Zuckus are uh, like a hundred percent because they're costumes. They're like static costumes that are not associated with an actor and they don't have to say much and they'll just look cool and they'll just be background. And they were featured on Detours, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Heavily. So if 
So if Bando does come come in in these next couple episodes, you think he's going to be sporting a, a dark saber? Mm, I think they're going to kick that can down the road and avoid the subject entirely if if he shows up. Just just punt that. Just I mean I mean fourth and twenty, punt that ball to just another time zone worth of. Because when does Mando come out? It doesn't have a date yet. When Baby Yoda graduates. Yeah. I don't know. See baby Yoda coming back. After Obi Wan, I think. What if he just goes to find to find me that baby with the magic tricks? Like that's all he Boba Fett's looking for. I need to borrow the baby. baby. That's the key. Yeah, I mean, if only he understood that if you just trick one Jedi into helping you out for a weekend, you can really get a lot done and change people's (laughs) minds about stuff. It's all set up though. Uh, Let's see. Okay, Luke Skywalker. he, He had a tough time against a ranker. What about a ranker and Big Whiskey? In the same room, and they drop Luke down there again. I'll kill him this time. <laughs> yeah, you know, I do want before we wrap up, I do want to just give a shout out. Not that they needed to, a lovely other Star Wars podcast called the Kivecast that I know Russ and I listen to. And on the and their most recent episode, they pointed out something funny about Luke's Rancor battle that never occurred to me. It's like he just defeats the Rancor, and then he is immediately apprehended by a lone Nikto Jabba goon. It's just like, it's just, it's just funny that it's just like that guy just like, okay, Luke's just like, I guess I'm under arrest now by this one guy. So now that the door's open, so I'm just going to surrender and we'll, we'll carry on. Yeah, you're right. That was, and that guy came through a door. He could have crushed that guy with that door. Oh man. He just starts crushing all the door. He just starts using all the house controls of Jabba's palace to just crush anything he can. Exactly. So, you know, they're, they're a vintage collecting focused podcast, the Kivecast, but you do get amusing observations about the original trilogy such as that so um uh, anyways uh if there's nothing else uh, you guys want to hit on with this episode we can start wrapping it up and uh zinger you can uh let me know where our listeners can find you i mean that's rather personal but my address is zingness.com check out all the latest episodes of zingness where we'll be talking some nerdy nerdy stuff um every week and by the time you're listening to this uh, this week's episode was us discussing what superpowers we would have if we were in the DC, Marvel, or anime universes. Um, deep cut Russ to a really good. We 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 had to bring up "Take Off Your Arm Man" or "Take Arm Take Off Man," which I remembered from um, really old episode of Zing. This weird stuff in comics. There was a reference yes. to that, so thank you for that. Uh, and then next week's episode is going to be top three games we've been playing over the past six months. So you get to look at what games I have been playing over the past six months. And if the B rolls in, you got a pretty good hint at what one of them is. So with that being said, uh, check out Zingness and there probably will be a Zing Wars episode coming up soon. Hopefully. Nice. And uh, Russ, I I know I heard uh, an awesome 2022 predictions episode on the Unbelievers Patreon. What else do you guys have going on? Yeah. Check out Unbelievers podcast uh, at Unbelievers pod on Twitter, Unbelievers Podcast on Instagram. Uh, we're coming back for our new year in a couple of weeks. We got some fun stuff ahead. Yeah, go. We got fun Patreon stuff. We're still doing. You can follow us on Twitch. We do stuff there. And uh, also, I was on a show called Spirits and Spirits kind of recently. That's the most recent thing I recorded. We talked a lot about ghost stealing panties in a, in a very coincidental manner. Uh, so you can check me out on that. Yeah, that's it. All right. And Joe Yazo, any parting words for our audience? See you back here next week where guys will be reviewing uh, episode five. 
Book of Boba Fett. And look at that. He is not miserable watching every episode as he was with The Bad Batch. I love to see it. Okay, well, everybody, have a good night, and thanks for listening, and... Remember all the run! Down with the Empire! May the Force be with you. Oh, <laughs>